Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm the home functionality coach and realtor. I geek out on various subjects regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss home office functionality, aesthetics, organization, and automation. What comes to mind when I say home office? Dread, chaos, happiness, or sorrow, piles, maybe the word utilitarian comes to mind. Our home lives are blended with our work lives so much these days. So let's discuss creating a home office for great workflow and creativity one that eliminates distractions and promotes focus. Yay for no commute, thereby cutting down on vehicle pollution and living wherever you choose, saving the company money on buildings and office costs and spending more time with your family. Really, nothing beats being present in the middle of the day for your child when they need you, or taking a midday power nap to enjoy the hammock and a sunny day before getting back to it for your afternoon work session. It's time to end the rat race that no one wanted to be a part of anyway in favor of this redefined work schedule that supports happier and healthier humans working from any location they choose. No matter what you call it, you need a place to park your butt. When we built our home, I had recently gone to a modern home tour in which the office space was bigger than the one we were going to have. However, I was smitten with the setup. They had a large square modern workspace in the middle of the room and they had two iMac computers back to back. So each half of the square was one rectangular desk, which meant two people could comfortably work in the space without having large furniture pushed up against every wall. The iMacs, in essence, were the thing that prevented them from staring at one another, so it was highly functional and, I guess, a divider, if you will. And everything you needed was in there, but nothing you didn't. I took from this the inspiration for our home office and had electricity dropped into the floor in the middle of the room so the computers could be plugged in under the desk without the need to run it to a wall. Despite the price tag of the homes I toured being in the $1 to $3 million range, the desk I inquired about was surprisingly inexpensive and was actually a conference table purchased at IKEA. So I went out and bought the same one. Let's talk about location. Most home offices aren't exactly huge, which can be great. It means you're using your square footage wisely. 
So thinking of space functionality and efficiency is key. If you don't have a dedicated workspace, try to stay out of trafficked areas and if you can, opt for a quieter corner of the house. If you happen to have both a family room and living room, you could convince your family to occupy just the family room and then you might be able to utilize that empty spot behind your sofa in the living room by placing a sofa table there at work height. Instead of knickknacks, put a laptop and chair there and you'll have yourself a proportionate workspace that takes up little room and is still aesthetically pleasing. If you're fortunate enough to have a window or several near your desk, make sure you aren't covering them unnecessarily. Let the light in and make sure your computer is not set in a position for glare from a window or from overhead light. Natural light makes a huge difference for your productivity and your mood. I've also seen closets turned into a dedicated office space by removing the doors and painting the whole inside a different color and then inserting your desk or building one out specifically that fits that inset. Shelving can go above it and you've maximized your square footage. Maybe your guest room doubles as an office. Totally doable. As you know, I'm a fan of dual purpose spaces. If you really want a desk to stow away, there's options now that you can mount on the wall, either through a floating desk concept, providing storage for you to store your personal things with adjustable shelves on the inside for adapting to your changing requirements. It folds up when you're done and folds down to reveal the storage. You might also consider a wall-mounted console type from a company called Wood Waves. I think they actually call it a nightstand, but there's several options you can choose from, and they're all wall-mounted. I'll link to it as always. Now let's talk about your office door. If the room you are in was previously a bedroom and you're using it full-time as an office, you might consider swapping the door out for a see-through version with windows so it feels less like a bedroom and more like an office. This is especially useful for me because I tape a red sign to my window that people can see through the glass that informs them a recording is in progress and they know to keep quiet. You could do your own version of this with a glass panel door to inform your housemates that your Zoom call is in session, for example. If you don't have this luxury, maybe simply set house rules. If my office door is closed, I'm not to be disturbed. Now let's talk about aesthetics. Aim for it to reflect the aesthetic of the rest of your home because let's face it, typically corporate America isn't usually known for its aesthetically pleasing work environments. So this is your opportunity to really think about the space you'd like to be in and then see it through. As always, I recommend you add plants. Plants help us better manage stress. They help us refocus our energy, and psychologists have found that bringing some greenery into a workspace can increase productivity by up to 15%. Now that might not sound like a lot in a day, but over a year, that adds up. Whether you already like plants, you want plants and have never had success, or you've never given them a thought, 
episode 17 of this podcast is all about plants. So if you haven't had a listen, check it out before buying your home office plants. In an article from the Center for the Built Environment by Lindsey Graham, she writes, There are specific ways that we manipulate our spaces to modify or support our thoughts and feelings. She says, As I'm writing this post now, I've put on headphones and I'm blasting Spotify in an attempt to energize myself and focus my thoughts. Adjusting our aural environment, the lighting, the colors and patterns around us, and even the smells we choose to experience within our spaces are examples of thought and feeling regulators. These manipulations can come in the form of specific items. The picture of my cats on my desk is an example of a thought and feeling regulator, she says. This photo acts as what researcher Wendy Gardner calls a social snack, a little morsel of warmth I can look at any time I need a pick-me-up to elevate my happiness levels. Color is one of my favorite subjects. Dude, I could talk about color all day long. Your traditional office is probably a horrifying universal office beige or white or gray, but you can paint yours a muddy or muted shade of whatever color floats your boat. The better you feel in a room, the more likely you'll want to be there. Paint your space a soothing color you enjoy. Green is supposed to be great for productivity. El Decor created a list of 25 designer-approved home office paint colors, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Since we're talking about walls, I want to mention a fantastic product that I mentioned in the cooking day in and day out episode number three. I told you about Idea Paint. Incorporating an analog tactile solution into your work environment gives you an alternative for scratch work and brainstorming ideas that need space to conceptualize. Idea paint comes in clear, so the original paint color of your wall shows through, except once it dries, it becomes a dry erase board. Also, Their dry erase paints are the best performing, highest quality, and longest lasting products on the market. Idea Paint Magnetic Primer, what? Is also ideal for everyday use, and Pull Magnetic Wall Covering is the choice when you need heavy duty magnetic strength. Both options can be used with a dry erase paint to create magnetic plus dry erase surfaces. This eliminates the need for ugly, hanging boards. So imagine this for a minute. You walk into your office. The walls are the most lovely shade that you love so much. But if you're in the mood to map something out, you can open a dry erase marker and write on the wall and then it erases and disappears and no one is the wiser. Whether you're writing outlines or storyboards or goals or mantras, it can be ideal for productivity and it's so aesthetically pleasing. 
Let's talk about hanging floating shelves or getting a console to get papers and office equipment off the desk. Vertical file folders work wonderfully for some people, just depends on how you function. This keeps important papers within arm's reach. If you're a piler, get a nice basket to tame your notes and papers and maybe have a whole separate space for mail and bills that doesn't get mixed in with work. I'm going to tell you about Trello in a little bit, but that can also be a platform that helps tame your papers and notes. Now let's revisit desks. I'm going to include a link to the large square desk that my husband and I use for our dedicated workspace, the one that I told you about earlier. The door should never be at your back if you want it to feel the best when you're sitting there. If you're looking for a small but functional desk that is modern, I'll put a link in the show notes again. For a desk that has gotten over 2,400 five-star reviews on Amazon, and it's less than 70 bucks. I like this because it could be nice for crafting or using as a temporary buffet for a party, outdoors, indoors, whatever. I always love an extra folding workspace. If you have a standalone desk, think of turning your desk toward the room instead of toward the wall. That way you're not feeling like someone put you in timeout, staring at the wall a few inches away from your face. Things have a habit of collecting in home offices, all kinds of things, especially if you have kids. Mommy, do you want to see my art? So make sure you have a system. Sometimes having a folder for urgent this week and this month can be helpful. Otherwise, this desk we're talking about right now might just be buried under a ton of art projects and homework. Invest in a good office chair and make sure you're sitting in an ergonomically correct position at your desk. I got my white office chair with matte gold accents at a company called Milano. Between the modern desk chairs and the wide variety of other superb home and office products, each piece is designed to be unique and practical. You can expect quality vegan leathers and other top tier finishes that are both stunning and durable. What I like best is that you have more options than just black and white. They have green, pink, blue, turquoise, and other fun colors, so your office space can reflect your personality. Let's talk about technology. So the number one thing you need to have for a home office is good Wi-Fi. Raise your hand if you're guilty of having what seems like a million tabs open on your computer at all times. That would be me. Clicking back and forth from page to page is dumb and it's unproductive and I drive myself crazy. (laughs) So consider getting a second monitor since it can pay for itself in time saved. According to a New York Times report of a John Petty research survey, dual monitors have been proven to increase productivity by 20 to 30%. There's not much you can do to beautify the computer and printer, but you can wisely choose where you put them and you can hide unsightly cords. We actually had an electric outlet run into the back of our closet 
Instead of space for clothing to hang, we removed the rod and added shelving. One is at counter height, so the computer printer sits there behind closed doors along with any projects that are at midpoint. Also, wrangle all your charging cords and put them into an easy to access spot where they can't be seen either. Encase cords on the desk in a fabric cord cover and feed the cords into a desk grommet that helps guide cords through a hole in the desk and then hides them underneath. One of the main complaints people have about working from home is most people want more IT support from their employer. Truthfully, even if your home office is aesthetically and functionally dialed, there's no IT down the hall like at a traditional office building unless you're cohabitating with one. So for all you CEOs, vice presidents, people who sit on the board of directors and are generally in charge of people's work satisfaction, addressing IT support for at-home scenarios will significantly increase productivity and help your team feel supported. Let's talk about details for elevating your space. Little things like anti-glare screens for your computer can seriously up your comfort level, allowing focus on getting your work done. Also, when given the choice, the pencil holders, the notepads, sticky notes, none of those have to come from an office supply store, mimicking the horrifying choices that corporate America may have made. You can choose a sentimental wooden vessel, maybe to hold your pen, or an extra beautiful desktop that's not laminate or outdated. Yes, even the wastebasket can be tasteful and beautiful. Buy it once. Choose right. Maybe wrap your bulletin board in a gorgeous fabric. And did you hear me say earlier, add plants. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I preach lighting, lighting, lighting. It is so important and can absolutely change the way a space feels. Likewise, the key to a happy, productive work environment is a simple, soft, light desk lamp. A soft glow gives your work environment that warm, cozy feeling that may contribute to a mellower and less stressful home office. Usually you'll want lighting physically lower coming from a source other than the ceiling blasting down. You might even consider a drop light with a brighter white task light that is energizing to contrast the desk light, which might be that warmer hue. Doing lighting right will also prevent eye strain. Now let's talk about tech for a quick second. The Conway Electric Jack Smart USB table lamp was recently named one of Sunset Magazine's favorites. You tap the brass button and this smart lamp will cycle through its illumination modes. Plus, it packs multiple USB ports too. Yay for multi-purpose items! Bonus points that it's somehow modern and vintage at the same time. Now let's discuss the actual act of working and productivity in your home office. Make a list of tasks you need to complete every day and then do it. I like keeping a list of things I want to accomplish this week and then what my few priorities are for that day. When other things don't get done, so long as my priorities are done, I consider it a win. 
All the calendars, planners, and containers don't help a bit until you take control of your environment and your processes. You must have a system for dealing with paperwork, incoming projects, digital files, and family or kid stuff if it infiltrates this space. I told you earlier I wanted to mention Trello. It's a website and an app. It's like a virtual to-do list or bulletin board for you and your team with movable and editable post-it-like task boxes. And because I'm a visual person, it works well for me. I can create a business task list and a home task list as well. What's great is that you can give others access so they can add tasks, make updates like showing what status tasks are in, and then also leave comments for you to review. It saves so much time because you don't have to check in with people to see what they're working on. All you do is open the app and you can see the status of everything. Plus, you can even color code it, which thrills me. It's not just enough to clean off the desk space, to dust, to call it good. What is your internal monologue? Cleaning your home office doesn't address how it got messy in the first place. So if you're resetting your office and you want to keep things going, you'll not only need to clear off your desk and make your space aesthetically pleasing, but you'll need a system in place to keep it functioning, to keep it clear, to keep it neat and tidy. Now let's talk about the psychology of working from home as well as preventing burnout. When you're always on, your system gets overwhelmed and exhausted. It's important to take mental health breaks when working from home to allow your brain to reset and recharge. Notice your self-talk keep it positive. Add eating breaks into your calendar as if they are appointments to make sure you're taking time to stop and recharge. An article in Harvard Business Review titled Three Tips to Avoid Working from Home Burnout recommends, in part, maintaining physical and social boundaries. In a classic paper, Blake Ashforth of Arizona State University described the ways in which people demarcate the transition from work to non-work roles via boundary-crossing activities. Putting on your work clothes, commuting from home to work, these are physical and social indicators that something has changed. You've transitioned from the home you to the work you. Consider replacing your morning commute with a walk to a nearby park or even just around your apartment before sitting down to work. He suggests maintaining temporal boundaries as much as possible. They are critical for well-being and work engagement. This is particularly true when so many employees or their colleagues are now facing the challenge of integrating childcare or even elder care responsibilities during their work hours. It's challenging even for employees without children or other family responsibilities thanks to these mobile devices that keep our work with us at all times. Sticking to a 9-to-5 schedule may prove unrealistic. 
employees need to find work time budgets that function best for them. They also need to be conscious and respectful that others might work at different times than they do. For some, it might be during a child's nap. For others, it might be when their partner is cooking dinner. Employees with or without children can create intentional work time budgets by adding an out-of-office reply during certain hours of the day specifically to focus more on work. I love the concept of a time budget here. And I can't say I've personally ever heard this phrase used, but it makes great sense. This calls for leaders to aid employees in structuring, coordinating, and managing the pace of work. Another thing he recommends is to focus on your most important work. This is not the time for busy work. Workers should be devoting their energy to top priority issues. While working from home, employees often feel compelled to project the appearance of productivity, but this can lead them to work on tasks that are more immediate instead of more important, a tendency that research suggests is counterproductive in the long run, even if it benefits productivity in the short run. Employees, particularly those facing increased workloads as they juggle family and work tasks, should pay attention to prioritizing important work. I mentioned this earlier. I put what I need to get done for the week and then what my priorities are for the day. Working all the time, even on your most important tasks, is not the answer. According to some estimates, the average knowledge worker is only productive an average of three hours every day, and these hours should be free of interruptions or multitasking. With work and family boundaries being removed, employees' time has never been more fragmented. Employees who feel on all the time are at a higher risk of burnout when working from home than if they were going to the office as usual. In the long term, trying to squeeze in work and email responses whenever we have a few minutes to do so during nap time, on the weekend, or by pausing a movie in the evening is not only counterproductive, but also detrimental to our well-being. We all need to find ways and help others do the same to carve out non-work time and mental space. These are just a few recommendations that can help workers maintain boundaries between their work and their personal life and thereby avoid burnout in the long run. Such a great article. With such uncertainty swirling around, being patient with yourself is key. If some days you wake up and all you can do is brush your teeth, make coffee, and work, which is quickly followed by a schedule that completely falls apart, it's okay. You just have to remember that some days will be better than others. There's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best. Some days will be subpar. Whatevs. Roll with it. If you have a small space, I'm going to include a link to a great article by Apartment Therapy on examples of small space home offices. Yep, and it includes really good images. And now for the questions to ask yourself about your home office space and your reason. 
Question number one. How does my home office make me feel? Question number two. Where is my main source of clutter coming from? Question number three. Fill in the blank. My office would feel nicer or better if I only had what? Question number four. Are you in control of your workflow? If not, what one thing can you tweak to improve it? Question number five. Look around your room and ask yourself for each item, is this either necessary for work, beautiful and uplifting, or something that helps me stay organized? If it doesn't fall into any of the categories, perhaps it should go. And by go, I mean donate it or put it on the Facebook Buy Nothing page so someone else who needs it can benefit from it. A DVD burner, for instance, feels like a relatively insignificant item, but over the years, as we update things and fail to reevaluate things taking up our space, we can quickly fall into the trap of having too much outdated, useless stuff. So even though that DVD burner seems like it should have value, get it to an electronics recycling facility. Question six. How does paper move in my office? Paper needs a workflow. So ask yourself, do I have immediate storage for paper? Do I have deep storage for paper? Maybe it's digital and that's great. So long as you have some organization to that digital world. Question number seven, do I have an appointment set up weekly or monthly for myself to keep my office straightened. If you don't, add it. Last question, number eight. Do I have some kind of air freshener scent in my home office to help my mood? This is an immediate gratification kind of thing. You'll immediately notice a difference. So let's chat about your smart home device. It can help you set appointments, book reoccurring appointments, make to-do lists, set up calls, or even define words and look up synonyms. If you have a call coming up, your digital assistant can remind you. If you think of something important to do while you're in the midst of another task, just ask your smart device to remind you of it in a few hours. That way you can forget about it, go back to your original task, and complete it. Did you know you can also automate the interval that your Airwick and Glade fragrances switch on? Yep, you can pick great scents to help you create just the right ambiance. Everything is connected. Everything. So everything is worth slowly considering. How you spend your minutes at home adds up to hours and days and months and a lifetime. So care about the quality of your minutes. 
care about the space you spend those minutes in and listen to your heart's desires. Your home office can feel good. It can look good. It can function well. Take small baby steps and continue tweaking it until it works for you and the way your brain functions. If you happen to know someone in the market to buy or sell a home in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, kindly send them my way. The finest compliment I could ever receive is the confidence of your referral. Are there things about your bathroom that make you crazy? Listen to episode 22 and geek out with me on all things bathroom related, pet peeves, a potential remodel, staging a bathroom when selling, and new technology available for bathrooms. If you haven't yet, write a review because it lets others know this is a podcast worth listening to. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home office that thrives. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. 